Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. All right, guys, I'm going to start us off with a high five today. And that is a high five to a new journal that I just tried, journal slash planner combo, really. Um, And it's called the High Performance Habits Planner. High Performance Planner, I think, is the actual name of it. We'll link it. Um, I've always just done more of free writing, journaling, and then I've had, you know, like a calendar planner. But this um, planner kind of combines the two. So you basically have prompts for intentions going forward throughout your day. And then you reflect on them at night along with planning your day. And when I first opened it, I was like, this is like too much. I'm not going to remember to do it. And the same questions every day, like, meh, is that dumb? But I've really, I've really, really liked it and I've liked the repetitive reflection and yeah it's great this is not sponsored but we will link (laughs) we'll link the journal if you're looking for a good one in the new year I'm really liking it it's great and we're going to talk about his book on a future episode Mm -hmm. so we're trying it out now for you guys so we can have some some long term Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah I second that that's it's a really I've never are you liking it mm -hmm. I've never had a planner that's so uh in depth I've always just done yes Regular journaling and then like day planning. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's like a good like let me soul search for a few minutes. It every is a morning. soul search and every yeah. night. Yeah, the night maybe be my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, it's really really good. Okay, my high five is uh, I have been looking. Me and my husband have been looking at our budget lately and seeing where we just like frivolously spend money that doesn't really affect our like it's not Life. important to us mm-hmm. and. Uh, so because of that, like we're not doing like random, like, Hey, I have a spare hour. Let's just like go out to eat or Mm -hmm. like go get a treat. And also I've been thinking a lot, we've talked about this before, but I feel like I've always tried to be, I've always tried to be conscious about this, but um, this kind of goes along with the idea of what am I teaching my kids is a treat. Cause obviously I love treats. Like mm-hmm. I love actual treats, mm-hmm. ice cream, you know, well, mm-hmm. I actually don't love ice cream, but <laughs> chocolate, you know, whatever, like cookies. Pastries. Yeah. <laughs> I love all those things. And there is something fun about that process of like going and getting a treat. So mm-hmm. just to be clear here, I am totally cool with going and enjoying time together and getting a treat. Mm-hmm. However, just with these kind of two things in mind, last night, my uh, second daughter and I had an hour while my other daughter was at dance, and uh, Jeff was just like, hey, just take them, because our schedule's a little different, so we just had kind of like a free hour, and my initial impulse was like, oh, let's just go get, I don't know, something yummy Mm -hmm. at at a fast food place, but then I was like, no, hold on, in my mind, what can I do that would be just like a regular, like, still have the same feeling as a treat, and we're connecting, but not be, we're going and buying something. Mm -hmm. And so I asked her if she wanted to go to the library and she was like, yeah, let's do it. Because we normally have the boys with us and they're so fun. But I mean, it's kind of like wrangling. How many books are they pulling off the shelves? Oh my gosh. Sonny just runs down. He freaks out. We get to the library. He knows. He goes sprinting in. 
he sprints down all the aisles and just pulls out books. <gasps> just tornado. <laughs> so I get what you're saying. Yes. Crazy. So she was so excited. I'm like, we're just going to go and we're going to pull out books. <laughs> Not like that, but we're going to choose books. <laughs> she has her own library card. And we're just going to like snuggle in on the comfy chairs and just like read books for an hour. And she, it was so cute because, you know, it's like, I'm like, you can choose like if you want to choose like more like little kid books you'd be reading to the boys Mm -hmm. or more chapter books because she's already reading specific reading levels that i'm like making her read at home right so uh for like our school curriculum so it was just kind of like a you just choose here and Mm -hmm. then we shared with each other what we were reading and it was so fun we spent zero money and we didn't even eat anything, which food is always, food is pretty much like always my go-to for yes. things. Yes. But it was kind of nice to have like something that wasn't money or food, mm-hmm. was just books, but it felt like a treat to both of us. I love that. So it was so fun. So just as a reminder, the library is a free it resource a treat. that we all have that you can use sure. as a treat. And I really, I said this before, but I really want to cultivate it in my kids. That feeling when you sit down with a good book, it feels the same as a treat. Mm-hmm. Like that reward center mm-hmm. in your brain. Mm-hmm. I want it to feel like that for them. Mm-hmm. Like mm, that kind of like mm, snuggling, mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. ready for this delicious book. And I felt like last night was like, yes, that was a step in cultivating that. Mm, I love that. And it was so fun. And it was connecting. I love the library. They have so many. I mean, I feel like lots of people enjoy the library. But every time I go, I'm always like, oh, and they have the fun little like more quiet like games and activities that my kids have not played before because we're not at our house. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just go to the library because I feel like when I'm at home, I am trying, you know, that feeling of like trying to be present, but you're like, oh, that laundry switching or, all, you know, like things that pull you away from your house, pull you out of your mind. And so sometimes we just go to the library and play there. And I just love it. It's mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure everybody knows out there, I don't want anybody to leave this conversation and think I should never take my kid out for ice cream. That's oh, great too. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. it's really nice every yeah. once in a while to do something yeah. that's yeah. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. costing money and have to be have food. Ooh, in fact, I think I'm gonna post on Instagram requests requests suggestion your guys' suggestions for non money non food fun things you do with your kids. Oh. That'd be a fun list to have. Yeah, that would be way fun. Okay, I'm gonna request that of you guys. <laughs> Okay, so today we are talking about parenting bullies. We've had tons of people ask us. Um, Terilyn has two boys who are five and three. Like, how old are our children? Mine are also five and three. And then Sunny, who's two. And I've only parented boys thus far. Um, And so I'm kind of... I was always just eating up all the boy books because I have three boys, so I better learn <laughs> how different we are. And um, I, I know, I don't know if, Terrilyn, you felt this, but I've, I know a lot of people who have had both and who say, wow, there is quite the difference in broad, we're speaking in broad generalizations here in this whole episode. You might have girls that fall into some of these categories. You might have boys that touch none of these. But we're talking in generalizations. Mm-hmm. I only have three boys. They hit most all of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed, but did you notice a difference in parenting your oh genders? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, don't be offended if yeah. you're, they don't fit into these categories because mm-hmm. not everybody does. And yep. there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. But, um, oh, yeah, for me, in fact, I, I'm almost like embarrassed to admit this, but I have read so many books about raising boys 
And I have read no books <laughs> specifically on raising girls, not because they don't have girls are facing. I mean, in this day and age, you have boys facing a whole set mm-hmm. of things and you have girls that are facing a whole set of things, difficulties, challenges and opportunities. Mm-hmm. But so it isn't that I don't think that they don't have issues, girls. It's just that I am a girl. And yes. so I feel like you I have experienced a lot of them. I understand them a lot better. Mm-hmm. Not to say that. I still probably should read some Mm -hmm. and maybe I'll come up with some good ones and share with you guys what they are. But um, I just feel like I'm like well versed in what girls Mm -hmm. are facing Mm -hmm. and I still read enough about it that I, anyway, but yeah, boys, I feel like, I mean, I was almost scared when I found out my first was a boy. This is, this is like getting vulnerable guys, but I was worried because I was like, I don't understand. I don't understand what they're going to face. I don't even understand men. Mm-hmm. all the way mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like, totally yeah <laughs> because yes. I just because they're just experiencing something different than mm-hmm. I am experiencing mm-hmm. and I was like oh my gosh so yeah I started reading books then like okay what what's gonna happen here mm-hmm. how can I be helping I I love the <laughs> idea of you're channeling instead of like suppressing totally right you're like taking their natural strengths and their natural weaknesses and like mm-hmm. helping them use those as strengths things that are going to help them mm-hmm. in life instead mm-hmm. of hinder them. Yep. Anyway, yeah. So, whew. and if you look at society, we're going to share a few statistics here. Boys are facing a very unique set of struggle, yeah. struggles yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, for example, right now, uh, and these statistics are from the book Calmer, Easier, Happier Boys mm-hmm. by, we'll link it. How do you say oh, her name? Oh, what's her name? She has a cool little dot dot above yes. one of the vowels. It is Noelle. Janice Norton. It, it's such a good book. So, so good. these are statistics from her book. She says that right now, currently, boys are referred to speech language therapists more. They are more likely to be diagnosed with emotional problems. And we know this, and I've read this so many times, but th- now girls have surpassed boys in universities enrollment. Mm-hmm. So there's actually, like, boys overall, we know, are having this really... And there's a lot of reasons for this, right? Like, uh, she actually goes through the brain stuff. The you know their physicality is growing while they're young, like mm-hmm. developing, and so their emotions and all that are a little bit behind what a mm-hmm. girl would be at that mm-hmm. age. And so that does make it more difficult for a lot of them <clears throat> in school and stuff. Um, so again, these are generalizations, but there there is a unique set of challenges that boys are going to mm-hmm. have, and they also their strengths, their general strengths, which are like high energy, protection and loyalty, enthusiasm adventure which is risk-taking and competitiveness those are all can be strengths but every single one of those has a strength in excess or a negative side Mm -hmm. to it if you're too high energy in school you're going to be labeled as a troublemaker Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. you are overly protective and maybe do that protecting in a really physical way Mm -hmm. then you're going to get in trouble yep um you can be adventurous but if you're overly Mm risk-taking then you're viewed as reckless Mm -hmm. and competitiveness itself i feel like yes there's like a place that we value it but almost Mm -hmm. everywhere else in life we're like no tamp it down right right it's a hard anyway so that's kind of like the things that boys are facing right now Mm -hmm. the the reason why we think it's worth delving a little bit into boys to help all of us have a little bit better tools understanding yeah and when we're talking about for terlin and i when I think our overarching theory with the boys is understanding, embracing, and 
playing to those strengths instead of, I think sometimes as women, we try to, because it's different than ours, sometimes we don't see them as a strength and we do try to tamp out their boyness instead of channeling it into um, something productive or helping them use it in a productive way. And so when Terrell was talking about how they're, so all these things that are their strengths, their high energy, their high energy, their competitiveness, all of these things. Um, so yes, in the book, Noel talks about how in this calmer, 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 easier, happier voice, <laughs> she talks about how all these things used to be. So if we look back at, you know, like tribes or just in history, even like when we're going through all these wars in our history, different things with men going out and hunting, all of these strengths were just worshipped. I mean, they kept people alive, everyone alive. If you weren't competitive and high energy and physical and strong and aggressive, then your whole family would just die. <laughs> and so everyone was just worshipped these men. And now we're like, calm down. We can go to the grocery, like chill out with the energy thing and the physical thing. You don't need to fight anybody. And so... At little boys get this subconscious um, feeling that they're not appreciated. Everything they do is just annoying and bugging us. And so then when their their brain development catches up with their physical, which she says is somewhere around eight years, mm-hmm. where it evens out with the girls, mm-hmm. they're like... Because their muscle cells they actually have... Right. She gives <laughs> the amount. Like they have more muscle cells that require mm-hmm. their brain going to that more. To the muscle, so yeah. that's why it does take them longer yeah. for their mind. And she brain. says, like, even when a boy and a girl are born, generalization, but most all, like, girls will never even have the possibility to have anything close to as much, like, muscle mass as boys. Any girl who's, like, doing extra physical things and just a normal boy, their muscle is just so much, takes so much more of their brain energy because that's just how their body composition is. So that's why it goes there first. And then when they catch up, um, they're just, they feel, why would I do what you're saying? Why would I, you know, obey, cooperate, all these things? You don't appreciate me. Like, none of us <laughs> want to do something for someone that's just telling us we're doing everything wrong our whole life until mm-hmm. a certain point, and then we're going to listen. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of the overarching thing is embracing the boyness and re- and directing mm-hmm. it. And helping them learn not to ha- that they don't have to shut down from us. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, when we overly, overly, she always says telling them off. Mm-hmm. When we're telling them off over and over and over, it does hurt them because they – Nobody wants to be disliked totally. and not appreciated by their parents, but then it is easy for them just to shut down. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the, the theme as I was researching this was we're trying to get them not to shut down, mm-hmm. right? To mm-hmm. stay connected. And if we can maintain that connection through actually appreciating their strengths, then yeah, by the time they can, then they do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. We, I don't know. They and they can, can use them for good. Exactly. They can use all those strengths for good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see that with adults even, all of us. I mean, I feel that way. If mm-hmm. I feel like my husband was never preaching what I do, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Shutting down. Fine. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. I yep. That yep. was That was not a good example because there's like actually a hundred <laughs> things where even if he wasn't appreciating, I would still do. So not a good example. Scratch that. We get the, we get the, <laughs> I would do that probably. <laughs> 
<laughs> you might. I might. You might not. I might. Okay, so our first tip for boys, um, speaking of the physical high energy, is to really embrace nature, outdoor wild time, and physical play with boys. I think all kids, we've talked about this, I think all kids need this, but I think especially for boys, their bodies, like we said, develop first, they have more energy, um, and I think it's time that we embrace this, and sometimes it's hard as moms because sometimes people (laughs) will come over to my house and they're like, is it always this much movement? Because, <laughs> like, I think the first thing I notice when I hang out with like, people who have girls is that their girls sit down when they play. <laughs> oh, yes. so it's like they're sitting and playing at the same time. This is weird. But I have just, I've really gotten used to that. But seeing it as a strength and something to make sure that you include in every day that you're taking advantage of, you know, I always have them and they love it. Like, can you carry those big boxes over here or carry in the groceries? Anything that is like using their physical bodies in a positive way for helping. Yes. Um, they just eat up. Uh-huh. They love it. Uh-huh. I mean, my boys will just, yeah, I can do that. You know, they're flexing. <laughs> like, yes. I would love to live this yes. Oh, yes. I love it if you ask. Just yesterday with my youngest, he's three, we we're carrying groceries and I was like, would you like to carry one or two of these like half gallon milk cartons? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I'm strong yeah. enough for two. And he picks them up and it's just yeah, so cute. And I mean, so like, I don't cute. care if he carries yeah. one or two, but, yeah. but he appreciates, yeah, he like mm-hmm. thrives off that even more than my daughters would. And my daughters, when you're talking about sitting, they can entertain themselves with dialogue. Oh, yeah. Just dialogue yeah. alone. Yeah. Also, there's still a lot of playing as mm-hmm. well, but it's just a, it's such different. a difference. Yeah. And talking about that kind of going, here what we're doing is kind of going back to the basics I love it because just like with my own when things are going well inside of me I go back to my morning routine am I doing my morning routine oh I'm not Mm -hmm. okay let's go back to that (laughs) that's usually what's off Mm -hmm. I love it because this is an ingredient again for boys and girls because we're focusing on boys something's off something's not working let's go back to the basics are they her big things are are they getting outside enough Mm -hmm. are they getting enough sleep Mm -hmm. and are they getting proper nutrition Mm -hmm. so those are always a great place to start and for me also, we're going to talk about this too, but connection with you. Mm-hmm, Are mm-hmm. they actually feeling connected mm-hmm, to you? Mm-hmm. But if you just kind of go back to those basics, yep. let's just, you're having an issue. Let's spend some more time outside. Mm-hmm. Make sure we're going to bed at a good time, eating food, and then we're having connecting time. Yep. That's, for my kids, what I found when things are off, usually when I go back to those things. One of those things. I actually haven't had a single time in our life yet where mm-hmm. that actually hasn't mm-hmm. solved whatever the issue is. Yep, I agree. Not to say there's plenty more issues that mm-hmm. might come up that mm-hmm. will require more but usually it's that one of those things is just missing yeah you know yep totally yeah I totally agree and I think in boys a lot of the times at least with my boys what I see is for example just last week with Cohen he was being extra <clears throat> physical aggressive in a way that he usually isn't like just like let me walk by and just like push someone to bug him to kind of like irritate them and when I was trying to okay so then I go in mom brain girl brain and I'm like trying to figure out what's wrong by talking and sometimes that works sometimes he does express you know like I'm frustrated because I'm the big brother and my life is so hard or whatever but (laughs) I've established that I'm feeling a little bit (laughs) rarely though and then but so for for him it was going back and I was looking at wow I think you're just really tired 
and three or four nights of an earlier bedtime and it was like change so yeah i think those main pillars and i think um at least i've seen for me sleep and eat food for my boys is huge they get hangry very fast yes very fast yes as do i and and that physicality they're running i think there are so many places where we go with our children that it's not appropriate for them Mm -hmm. to run and yell Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. and so i would say for me i've just had to find places outside is awesome because Mm -hmm. they can just run and yell Mm -hmm. and roll around and Mm -hmm. do whatever and Mm -hmm. you don't have to keep saying shh be quiet stop 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 yeah or if you can find an indoor place like Mm -hmm. i've even found where where i go to work out there's like this room that has soft floors Mm -hmm. and they literally can sprint their little hearts out Mm -hmm. and like scream and run and getting so if you're feeling like well where are they going to do that i would Mm -hmm. say find a place outside if you can And if it's the middle of winter and you have two feet of snow, still get them Mm -hmm. outside as much Mm -hmm. as they can. Mm -hmm. But even for me, there's also a place in my house where it's like you can run and you can hit pillows and you can jump. Jump. Mm -hmm. Because if everyone in your house is a place where they can't express their physicality, that's going to be difficult. Yeah. So perhaps maybe set aside, if you don't have a place already, a room in your house where like, you know what? Say you're in a room where there's a lot of breakable things. You know mm-hmm. what? You are really wanting to jump off the couch. But mm-hmm. There's so many things in here that could break. But guess what? You can go in this room. For me, it's actually our family room. So mm-hmm. it's like right there by me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but in this room, I actually don't have breakable stuff. And you mm-hmm. literally can just like run around as fast as you jump. want and yell and whatever. I'm like, this is a place you can do that. So I would mm-hmm. say that's really important have a place for them to be as physical as they want and i would also recommend if you're establishing that place probably not like in the like back corner of your house way away from you because if they're small that's probably not going to appeal to them yeah so even it's just a small space Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with some pillows that they can Mm -hmm. get the energy hit Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know whatever totally and for me with having three boys i've kind of just adapted my home to work for that there are, for me, it's more time, like if the baby's asleep, then that's like a time that we're not being psycho and loud. But I've kind of adapted our main like living space and they have like a toy room and stuff. But, you know, I don't have a lot of stuff that can get knocked over, kind of yeah. eliminated a yeah. lot of stuff because it's just less stress for me to not just have to be like, stop, don't do that all day. Mm-hmm. And for them, because how annoying. If that was your life. Yeah. Just you can't move. Yeah. Don't breathe. Exactly. Because when you go to other people's houses or the yes. store or whatever, yes. they, they do have, have to, to like, do that. keep their and hands school. in and they can't mm-hmm. run and all those mm-hmm. things. I agree. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Most most of my house is like that. <laughs> but like, specifically our family room, which is mm-hmm. right by me in the mm-hmm. kitchen. They can just go crazy. Because they like to be biased. Um, and one more thing on the physical play. I think if you can teach them to play so I think a lot of boys like to wrestle and play fight and use their physical action in those ways and I think if you're taking advantage of that and maybe you can do some little you know like you and dad wrestle or my husband likes to do like bull rides on his back or but teaching them awareness of their strength awareness of their physical body and how to use that in a productive way because when they're not getting those, I think then boys tend to go out and seek them by like, let me just punch my brother and see if we can get into a thing, yes. you know? Uh-huh. So if it's like has a safe outlet, I've found that really helps my boys. Mm-hmm. And another thing to add to that, 
wrestling oftentimes in my home, uh, it actually rarely leads to full-blown hitting, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes somebody ends up getting hurt. Right. So, and by hurt, I just mean like a bonk, you know, somebody ends up crying. And for me, what's been super helpful to make it not escalate to a full-blown, like, now I'm mad Mm -hmm. and I'm going to punch somebody. Mm -hmm. Because, like, when they wrestle, they don't, like, you can can wrestle, yeah, yeah, don't, like, punch each other. Mm Or slap each other or <laughs> kick each other really hard. But when they're wrestling, there's still air flying feet and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so something that's been helpful for me is when somebody gets hurt, I literally, it's just like a, oh, you guys are wrestling. Oh, it looks like you hurt your head. Okay. And usually just by giving that person who got hurt, just validating that they got hurt, mm-hmm. not turning into this like, ah, you were wrestling careful, too hard, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like making the other person feel way bad for it. Usually... My other son will automatically come over and pat him because he knows he's not in trouble. Right. You guys are just wrestling. Right. Sometimes when you're wrestling, one person ends yeah. up flipping over and yeah. hitting their their mm-hmm. foot against the couch. And this is part of wrestling. But I also am validating that that hurts you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I like that because you're still – so you're here. You're actually giving the one who got hurt a chance to be okay it's okay to cry mm-hmm. and it's okay to be hurt, which is, which is a huge thing that boys face right now, mm-hmm. but they somehow like are, have to be magically. Yeah. Not so <laughs> impervious to pain, mm-hmm. but no, you can feel pain. You can feel, you can cry. So you, at one sense, you're validating emotion and the other, you're giving your other son a chance or daughter, whoever you're giving them a chance to give compassion and empathy and mm-hmm. still see that, Sometimes you can prevent somebody getting hurt if you can, like, see... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just being aware of your own body mm-hmm. without shaming them. Totally. Because, you know what I mean? I just feel like when you're in wrestling... This is just what happens with physical things. Sometimes you get hurt. Exactly. And there doesn't have to be any shame. Nobody yeah. has to be bad for it. Mm-hmm. Now, as I say that, there have been a few times where they're wrestling and, <laughs> you know, one person does, say, bonk their foot against the couch and get mad and... Or I can hear it. Like you yeah. look over and they're oh, yeah. about to go and oh, hit yeah. the other person. And I just, have to, I just have to step in and say, it looks like you're going to hit it. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like maybe now we're moving into anger, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. different than just regular wrestling mm-hmm. and getting out your physical stuff. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we're moving into anger. So you know what? We're just going to sit apart for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. How about you run over here and you run over here? Mm-hmm. Or if somebody does hit, then we do what we've always talked with hitting. Mm-hmm. Then I can step in. Oh, looks like you hit him. Yeah, I can see maybe things are getting a little bit too... Too much anger mm-hmm. here, so we're just gonna. Mm-hmm. But again, there's no like shame here. Right. It's simply validating, separating. Right. But right. Anyway, that's just something I think it's worth mentioning. Yes. When we're totally. talking about wrestling, but I would say in my house now, I would say it almost. I can't even think of the last time it's like escalated to somebody to a fight, getting in a fight. Mm-hmm. It's more just like somebody gets bonked mm-hmm. and they cry, mm-hmm. and then they just keep wrestling. Yep. And I would say. Also, no, on the wrestling, going deep in, like, the wrestling play fighting. But when my boys first started play fighting, I, I think as a girl, I was just like, whoa, what? whoa, that's a lot. Like, it was like, oh, my gosh. And it would almost get to this point of, like, do I need to separate them? And then someone would just be laughing hysterically and running them, and they'd start over again. So I would say tamp your normal, like, maybe just let it go a little bit longer than you would think. And I don't know. I think as a mom... As girls, I just didn't understand it. Maybe at first, like, why do you want to do that to each other? But then once they got the hang of it, they get so much joy out of it. And it really does get out so much of their physical energy. And it's so cute once they get it. And it's something that I love about having boys around. Because So my little sister was way younger than me. So wrestling Mm -hmm. her would have not been fun because she was, like, the size of my (laughs) leg. Yeah. (laughs) But my brother and I were 
pretty much close to the same size most of our life because mm-hmm. he was two and a half years younger than me and I was pretty small for my age. Mm-hmm. So I actually, if that's something I think is a gift the boys can bring to a family mm-hmm. is I grew up wrestling a ton and I like loved it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I actually thought I was a pretty good wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it because yeah, my girls, they used to not wrestle with each other, but now that I have boys, they do do like the yeah. rough and tumble stuff with them. And I think it's great it's so for fun. girls yeah. to have that experience. So I look at it as a gift that boys bring into totally. a family Yeah, that they bring in that like, yeah, my girls can totally like mm-hmm. tackle somebody and... Mm-hmm roll out from underneath somebody and try to pin them you know mm-hmm. what i mean I actually yeah think it's, it's a good skill a for gift. all of us and so it's just a little yeah little present that boys bring if you can look at it like that i think it's helpful i agree all right next pillar this is for all kids again going back to the main things but validating emotions i think it's super important for boys to be encouraged to express their emotion and to be really aware if we're using any um over masculine phrases that you know, like suck it up or boys don't cry or come on, you're strong. That didn't really hurt. Um, yeah. Or you're fine, you're fine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, you're fine. Stop I crying. I see a little kid, mm-hmm. a little kid. I mean, I've seen a boys and girls. Yes, yes. But like a little kid just literally like got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would want to cry myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you're, when I see you're somebody fine. be like, yeah. you're fine. Like, mm-hmm. don't even cry about mm-hmm. it. It's like, no, there's mm-hmm. like a feeling there. You got to get out. Yes. My least favorite phrase, the people say with boys is the boys will be boys Mm -hmm. because I feel like the reason why I hate it so much is because I feel like then they become men and they act out in ways that can hurt people yes and it's like oh what boys will be boys it's like no 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 Mm -hmm. no we Mm -hmm. learn as we grow that our actions affect people and that we are responsible for our own actions and the idea is when you're boy becomes a man mm-hmm. that there is no such thing as like oh well i am overly preoccupied with whatever mm-hmm. objectifying women so mm-hmm. fine yeah. i'll just I'll do just that boy. you know i'm just, just a boy what boys do. Yeah, yes. exactly being a boy isn't an excuse yes it's just something to understand mm-hmm. but it's not an excuse mm-hmm. And so this also goes along with validating emotions. This is coming to one of our just core pillars in general, which we mentioned at the beginning, which is connection. Mm-hmm. Anytime you are taking the time to validate somebody's emotion, it means you're seeing them. Mm-hmm. And there's some reflective listening here as well. So if you see something, instead of saying, that was bad, stop that. Mm-hmm. If you can jump straight to whatever you're guessing that they're feeling, and you might be wrong. Mm-hmm. In fact, in this book, she says, you might be wrong some of the time, but what matters is that you're trying. Yep. You can say things like, Oh, you look real. You you're probably really frustrated right now. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. And just saying that changes them instead of being feeling shamed. Mm-hmm. They can say like, look at you and be like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. feeling so frustrated right now. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And they're getting the tools to actually be able to name their own emotions. To name it, yeah, and then express it. And I think something when I think about this that is tricky with boys is sometimes they again don't just express through emotion their emotion through words and I think sometimes we see boys emotion come out as hitting pushing boundaries um I see that big time with my oldest when he he is like totally a like rule follower but when he's feeling big emotions underneath which is usually a result of a misconnection or he's not feeling safe or maybe something's going on at school then he deliberately pushes boundaries um she talk uh noel talks a lot about how boys will retreat or hide like they will just refrain from talking about it at all so i think in these situations i've never seen any grown men do that no heavens no 
if we can reframe from, well, you just hit deliberately push boundaries or hiding, you're not talking to me, you're not listening to me. So if we can reframe from going into like a punishing, arguing, nagging mode and going into instead something's going on and, and doing that reflective listening, encouraging them to name and express it, I think that helps them feel seen and heard and in the future be more apt to express to us with Mm -hmm. talking instead of punching something yes and if i need to set a boundary to keep you from hitting right your friend then i will because Mm -hmm. i'm the adult in this situation Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but i can do it without shaming right and all kids feel safer when you don't allow them to hurt people because it doesn't feel good to hurt it it feels good for a second and then you just feel bad yeah you know Mm -hmm. totally something i tell my kids this isn't in the book and i hope this is okay this Mm -hmm. is from martial hearts but um but sometimes i say uh, i won't let you hurt your brother you know if he's Mm -hmm. pushed him or whatever out of anger Mm -hmm. because because i do feel like this deep down that we can't hurt other people without hurting ourselves Mm -hmm. so because we're all connected so every once in a while i'll say that it's because i i care about you that's why i'm not going to let you Mm -hmm. that's why i'm gonna pull you over here yeah i'm gonna keep you safe i'm gonna keep you safe safe from hurting him because it hurts you too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah that's what i say too Anyway, I kind of yeah, love I that love that phrase because I feel like that as an adult. Anytime mm-hmm. I hurt somebody else's feelings on purpose, which I can't think of the last time that's happened, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good to hurt yeah, people. Yeah, oh dang, that I remember, didn't work for me either. <laughs> I remember doing that, though, like as yeah. a teenager, even mm-hmm. with my brother, when we were past the point of hitting, there are things that I would say, I would say things that I knew would hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, didn't, that doesn't feel good to yeah, me either. Yeah, totally. Okay, next pillar that we want to talk about with boys is to <sighs> encourage cooperation. <laughs> the fun one. Um, I think I, so when I've looked at the questions that we've gotten from listeners about boys, it's almost always this. I tell or ask or they know to do blank and they don't do it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and so I wanted to touch on this because uh boys when we look at their again when you look at their brain a lot of the times it's that physical the physical thing is going first so i'm gonna i'm hitting the chair with this stick or i'm running and so when you mom are over there saying hey put your shoes on i'm running (laughs) that's what i'm doing i'm not putting my that's not i'm not even hearing you because i'm running and i see that a lot with my boys where it Mm -hmm. takes a little bit more physical here Mm -hmm. I am physically, Mm -hmm. now let me tell you what to do (laughs) to encourage the cooperation. And I also think a lot of times we brush boys off as, well, boys are just messy and they're not good listeners and they can't do this because they haven't learned that yet, their brain's not quite there yet. And I think if we take the time to teach, and this is a big emphasis in the Calmer, Happier, Easier Boys book, is instead of we can go for 10 years nagging and they're still not going to do it mm-hmm. or we can take a little bit more time in the moments to stop get in their physical presence and then teach them these habits that are going to build up into cooperation mm-hmm. and her description of cooperation is basically you ask somebody to do something and they do it the first time without whining crying complaining or Whew. whinging or whinging she, she calls it <laughs> don't you I guys love, love that 
instead of whining, well, she says whining too, but she says whinging, which I must look up the definition because that's the best word ever. Yes. That describes almost all. Whinging. (laughs) Whinging. Yes. So she, uh, so Noelle encourages using think-throughs, which are basically teaching through each task in your day. So you lay it out. um, So I'll just give you guys an example. So there's things that you want your kids to get on with and start doing bedtime, getting ready for school, um, those kind of things where they're habits that you're trying to create. So instead of, so these are two things that we have made the switch on in our house with Think Through. So I'm going to give you guys the examples, but so for bedtime, instead of you do your whole bedtime thing. And like Terrell has says, you feel like the train and if you stop going everyone stops Mm -hmm. it gets off the rails everybody's doing whatever they're doing throwing toilet paper getting something out of the fridge if you're not pushing yeah and my whole in my mind as a mom my goal for bedtime is okay bedtime you know what to do (laughs) then head up i'm like is this so much to ask like but so she talks about using think through so instead of five years of nagging 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 and you're the train you know you take the time a few days to go through here's all our steps for bedtime and for some kids i think it's probably would be super helpful to have like a visual thing like a toothbrush with a box under to check off and i know a lot of people use those i never have um we just went through and said okay here's what you do before bed and i'll tell you guys because it's funny but we do Go pee, brush your teeth, get in your bed. Don't get out, don't get out, don't get out, don't get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's like the next five steps. Uh-huh. Don't get out of bed. And it, it was funny and my kids thought it was hilarious and they're laughing. But over the last, you know, I think it's been probably five to seven days that we've been doing it. Um, I do just say, okay, let's get ready for bed. And that's the first, you know, key for them. And then I say, okay, so what do you do? And now they just say, which I think all kids know these things, but it's almost like that habit creation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is bringing it up in their mind. And they do go, they go brush their teeth, they go pee, and they get in their bed all by themselves. Um, And then we go in and do books. And the, I would say the don't get out part, the not coming out has probably reduced by 60 to 75% over these last few days just by taking that time to teach and create a habit Mm -hmm. in them. And same thing with um, what she calls stop behaviors. So just one more example. So with, for us, um, I was super, I guess the word is triggered by disrespectful talk. So if you want a drink of milk, don't just say, mom, give me a drink of milk now. I would like if your first thought was to say, can I please have a drink of milk? Or, you know, can you please get that for me? And so doing the same thing with teaching, going through. And I feel like, I think we all feel like we've probably done this. We've probably said, can you use, what's the best way to say? And they know it. They say it back. But for us, it was the, you know, oh, it sounds like you really want to drink a milk. I'll give you a minute or two. And then you can ask me in a respectful voice that we've gone through the day before. And it really has been a trigger. And that, I can say, has changed like 95% their disrespectful, like asking in a way that I feel like is disrespectful. I'm not saying they're actually being disrespectful. They're just not thinking about a polite way to say it at first Mm -hmm. through doing these think-throughs. 
So I have loved that tip. I like that. And she says to make sure that you're never doing a think through in the heat of the moment. Right. Yes. Or use it as a, you didn't do this. Like it's not a punishment of you didn't do this Mm -hmm. last night. So it's a prep, you know, like you're not like making them feel bad about Mm -hmm. what they've done in the past. It's literally just a, okay guys, we're going to talk about bedtime. Mm -hmm. What are the steps? Mm -hmm. Repeat it back to me. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not an emotionally charged thing. The think throughs are done in like a neutral territory time. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love the idea of, this isn't the first time we've read this in a book or talked about it, but I think it's so good with kids to always, I mean, think with boys, we're talking physical first, but with Mm -hmm. girls too, anytime you're giving them an instruction of any kind, if you can come give them eye contact, get in their space. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're playing with your car, but now, or in five minutes, we're going to make the transition to bedtime. Mm -hmm. So you're actually in their space. They're stopped. They're looking at you. Mm -hmm. Is it the two, two, two? Is it two feet on the ground, two eyes, two feet away? Oh, yeah. Is that what it good. is? Yeah, that sounds from, that's from one of our, uh, our other books. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man. but that is huge, huge, huge. And I found, specifically with my five-year-old, when it comes to getting dressed, if I do that, because he's still, uh, I would say one-third of the time, gets dressed by himself before he even comes downstairs. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. otherwise, he needs me to ask him specifically. And when I do that, he does it. When I'm just in the kitchen making breakfast, and I'm like, hey, put on your put clothes. Your clothes on. Then 10 minutes go by, and I'm like, why aren't your clothes on? <laughs> but it's because I didn't do the connecting. I didn't do the physical yes. first. Come over, look at him. Mm-hmm. He's looking at me. Mm-hmm. Here's your clothes. I would like you to put them on. Mm-hmm. He does it mm-hmm. when I do that. Totally. But when it's just like I'm doing it from a disconnected place, he doesn't feel connected, and then I end up getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. And it's not a good thing for all of us. And this is another an important thing to recognize when we're talking about that. I feel like that as an adult. I cannot tell you how many times, even with my husband, when we first got married, I had to be like, just so you know, I will listen to you when you talk to me, but I have to know that you're talking to me because yeah. his feelings were hurt a few times. Like I'd be, we'd be watching a show together and he'd like make a joke and I didn't even, he- I didn't even hear him. And so I had to tell him like, if you're going to say something, even if I don't look like I'm doing something, I'm probably daydreaming. Yeah. So come up to me. <laughs> Look at me, say, Tara Lynn, and if I turn around and I look at you, then I'm with you. And you can know that Mm -hmm. I am full-blown listening to you. (laughs) But, so if I'm feeling that myself, even with my kids, they'll be like, well, you said, you know, you said this. And I'm like, I don't even remember. Mm -hmm. What what was I doing? They're like, oh, you're doing the dishes. And I'm like, well, was I looking at you? Mm Because if so, I'm sure I was in my own mind. Yeah. So if you come to me, make sure I'm looking at you. So I don't even, I don't even hear good instructions when I'm Mm -hmm. doing other things. So. Mm It's just a good reminder with kids, it makes sense then. Like, yes. let's make sure we have each other's full attention when we're issuing any kind of instructions. Yep. yep, I agree. And I think those two things combined, so if you're doing these think-throughs, so to use the example of how you would like your kids to talk to you, yes, in a non-heated moment, you could say, you know, how do we ask for something that we want? If you'd like something, how do you ask? And then, you know, they'll you ask your kids, I'm sure they know. We say please, and then we wait patiently. That's my big thing. We wait patiently for the person mm-hmm. to respond. Mm-hmm. Don't keep asking and asking and asking and mm-hmm. asking. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go through that in a in a calm moment, I think, and then with the proximity, if you are asking them to do something, I think that teaching and then that connection will lead into habit creation and cooperation mm-hmm. over time. One of my favorite parts of this book, and we, we've talked about healthy praise before, 
but uh, in this book specifically, she really does a good job at everything we just talked about, encouraging physicality in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So like wrestling without punching, for example, mm-hmm. or uh, cooperation, having them actually do the instructions that you say. Something that I love, she calls it descriptive praise. And so just as a quick review, this is, I think, like the key to pretty much all of this. Once you've kind of established all these little cool habits, Mm -hmm. to make sure that you are praising them throughout the day. Sorry, somebody's like building something in the room next to us, I think. (laughs) It's like a hammer. Hammer. But that we're not doing the superlative praise of like, good job, Mm -hmm. great work, Mm -hmm. Mm woohoo. We're simply recognizing what they did in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So you can say simply, you got dressed mm-hmm. without me asking you today. Mm-hmm. Or I asked you to get dressed and you got dressed. Mm-hmm. Or look at you guys as you're, and you can do this just as they're wrestling in mm-hmm. the front room. You can say, wow, you guys are wrestling so in such a good way. I don't know how you'd even say it. Without wrestling hitting. without hurting. Yeah, you're wrestling without hurting. Whatever. Yeah. However you want to say mm-hmm. it. But any of those, any of those things, wow, you brush your teeth and you are in bed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying, woohoo, good job. Best ever, gold star in forehead. Yeah, you're not saying those. <laughs> yeah. I'm simply recognizing, wow, you are in bed. Yes. And hearing that, the good thing that that does, if you're doing just the superlatives, just the wow, good job, they actually end up, one, tuning them out. They have shown from research because it's just the same thing over and over. And they don't know actually what they exactly did to What's get the that. good job? So, but if you're saying specifically what they did, then mm-hmm. they know in the future to get the same validation, I just have to do this thing mm-hmm. and be respectful, say please. So you can just say, when they say, mommy, may I please have some milk? Mm-hmm. You can say, you you used please. Mm-hmm. And I think you can never go wrong with just saying thank you mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's always good. Say thank yeah. you for doing this. Yeah. Thank you for getting dressed. Um, but I think the descriptive praise is huge. And she says... Her number actually is make sure you're giving descriptive praise at least 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. To each kid. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. each kid. Yeah. So for me, that means 40 times a day. Yeah. <laughs> I am saying something. So it's actually, and when I started doing this, this was from one, I mean, the concept, this concept we've been mm-hmm. introduced to a long time ago. So I feel like you just kind of get in the habit of just simply noticing what your kids are doing. Mm-hmm. You're sitting so well yeah. working on that. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to say and like talk about their mm-hmm. coloring. You mm-hmm. can just say, wow, you're mm-hmm. I'm saying wow a lot in this. I don't say wow as much in real life. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> but oh, you guys are playing so uh-huh. well together. Thank you. Or oh, you're being so nice to the cat. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like when they're petting her softly. Yeah. Just simply, that's all. I don't stay. I don't just keep going into yep. it. But just you're just simply noticing what they're doing. And you're giving them. And what you're also doing is you're building their identity that they are cooperators. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They do. They are good. Exactly. Because you always want to make sure you're giving more positive than negative. And so you're really helping create their identity. Anytime you're giving this positive validation, I see you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate what you're doing. And it just adds to their like, oh, yes, I do this. Yeah, my I son, am that. Mm-hmm. My son, maybe, I don't know, two years ago, would notice that my husband opened the door for me. So he started opening the door. And, you know, every time he does, I say, thank you so much what a gentleman and you should honestly see his face he still gets a look on his face every single time he opens the door like he's looking at me like are you gonna say thank you that i'm a gentleman and it's adorable i love that and you can tell it's part of his identity now this idea which i know chivalry you know there's like some people are like girls don't need open doors open for Mm -hmm. them i still appreciate that i am strong and yes i can open my own door but i do appreciate when 
a gentleman opens the door for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I still am a fan of chivalry. But it's really cute. I feel like he now really takes it. And this kind of goes into one of the strengths of boys, which is protection. But, I mean, my son, it's so sweet. He, like, makes sure, like, when we go into elevators, he makes sure, like, I get in first. He'll, like, wait for me because he wants to make sure I'm in safely. So when we say, last one, there's a rotten egg, he'll, like, run behind me. Like, I don't want you to be the rotten egg, mommy. Like, he's really kind of, like, internalized that, like, I... I'm um, protector. a protector, mm-hmm. but not in a burden. Like I'm not burdening yeah. him to actually protect yeah. me. Yeah. But like this idea that like I'm a gentleman, mm-hmm. I think of others and I open mm-hmm. doors. Like it, I think anything you're validating does become part of their identity. So make sure you're validating things you want, but totally. It's something that I've been pleased watching. It's mm-hmm. really sweet. And you see their little, just, you can see their whole demeanor change when even if I use this in times of where, like negative things are are happening or maybe the you know like tantrums or fights that I don't want to be happening if I just wait you know if I wait for the thing validate the emotion wait for the thing to end and then oh you guys aren't fighting anymore like instead of putting attention on the negative like stop fighting stop instead I put it on the the positive the second it ends I mean it was just happening but it's appreciating that they've stopped you can see them be like oh Okay. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. We play without fighting. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. So it's no, really cute. And Noelle actually says the reason why a lot of parents don't do descriptive praise is because when your kids are playing well, you're just trying to get you're stuff lying. done. See ya. <laughs> and then only when things go wrong do you come in and mm-hmm. give them attention. Mm-hmm. But if you can just switch that, mm-hmm. doesn't mean it doesn't really take any extra time. Yeah. Just that you are seeing them while mm-hmm. they're being good it really mm-hmm. changes. Literally, yep. all those pillars we just talked about, you add descriptive praise onto those mm-hmm. and it cements them into their identity. I agree. Which is so cool. And then just the last note on cooperation before we break uh, that is emphasized through this book, also through Boys Adrift and tons of research that I've read on boys is to be super aware of follow through to if they are doing a good behavior that you want to validate to make sure that they receive reinforcement on that with the, you know, like this positive praise and then always follow through on misbehaviors don't tiptoe around them i think a lot of the times we try to avoid that i don't know if the right word is confrontation but um there's something in the male brain that that just doesn't work good through you really need to follow work well for you really need to follow through so and i love it noelle says you can express love fully without approving of their behavior and i think that's the key is the connection, you're empathizing, um, you're validating, you broke that vase, whatever, because you were mad, but then the follow-through is whatever it is for your house. Everybody's different. Maybe it's now you need to clean it up, go tell the person whose vase it was. Maybe it's they're older and they're going to earn money for it, whatever, but making sure you ha- when you set your boundaries, you're following through on the misbehaviors as well. Mm-hmm. and like connecting them to your family values instead of just letting them go because mm-hmm. boys they need they need to know the end result yes <laughs> and i'm sure girls do too yeah but and that there are specific consequences right natural we've consequences talked, to mm-hmm. the action yeah which is the key to we've talked this when you set a limit mm-hmm. you hold that limit mm-hmm. and and the boundary yeah and, and it's okay that you're mad mm-hmm. i'm okay you're mad about it 
but it is going to yeah, be that. But yeah, you're still yeah. going to have to pay for that base <laughs> or yeah, whatever exactly. the thing is. Yeah, yeah. I love, yep, I agree. All right, <clears throat> we're going to take a break. and. We- We are so excited to bring you this week's sponsor, Organifi. I have been using Organifi's products for some time now. I love them because they are plant-based supplements that help you get that little extra boost of nutrition when you have a day that you are missing these minerals and vitamins and whole food um, additives in your diet. Right now, I am loving mixing their Glow, which is a raspberry lemonade flavored drink that helps you get that collagen and all of the yummy things that your skin needs. I do half of the glow and half of their red juice, which is a energy boosting super juice. And it sort of has this hibiscus raspberry lemonade flavor. I do it iced and it is just so yummy in the middle of the afternoon in the summer. So we're excited to give you 20% off. If you head on over to Organifi.com backslash find the magic, you will get 20% off your order auto applied at checkout. So that is Organifi.com backslash find the magic for 20% off your entire order. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, I am starting today with a high five. And if you follow me on social media, you've seen the pictures of this, but this last weekend we did a polar plunge with my family, with my two oldest kids and my husband, and then my immediate family, like Felicia's husband, who's my brother. Felicia was there, but she has a baby in her belly, so <sighs> she didn't actually do it with us. I'm chilled. And chilled, my sister, Caitlin, and my parents, and it was so fun. And it the reason why I'm using it as a high five is because it wasn't just like a, we went and jumped in icy water just for fun and froze ourselves. Mm. We did something called the Wim Hof method, method, which if you're not familiar with him, look him up because he's pretty cool. But uh, it's a, like you, we did a specific breathing technique before, a little meditation, and then actually talked about mindset. And the idea is that you're purposefully leaning into discomfort and recognizing it as just a sensation and it's like this really cool empowering feeling when you get out and I loved it because our our coach I don't know if you'd call him a coach I don't know yeah. trainer um, as he was walking us through it he's like sometimes there's discomfort that you push through and there's a lot of uh, positive on the other side of mm-hmm. that which is such a good lesson in life that we don't like I don't believe in pushing through pain so I love this. This is totally yoga. You don't ever push through pain, but you do push through discomfort. Mm-hmm. And there are times in our lives where there's uncomfortable things, uncomfortable feelings, uncomfortable sensations that we choose intentionally to stay present and go through those. And on the other side of that is this really cool feeling of strength and empowerment. And it was so cool to watch my little girls who, I mean, it was cold and mm-hmm. they did so great. And like after we were all like just on a high it was so 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 cool mm-hmm. and I feel like I really had a cool mindset change 
it's like anything we do, something that's hard. Mm-hmm. It changes you. I actually think I'm looking at my own life. Giving birth is one of those things that I felt like changed me on the inside in my mind way more than it changed my body. Mm-hmm. Like my ability now to like, this is going to be hard, but I'm going to do it anyways. Feeling is like mm-hmm. totally different. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to explain. Even the way I face pain now, which oof, I know I just said the word pain. <laughs> I, I know you're not supposed to say it during this because you know me and Felicia are <laughs> trained in hypnosis so like when you're actually pregnant we don't use the word pain but now that I've had it I can say yes there was pain but the way I face it now it's like totally different like running a marathon changed me in so many ways mm-hmm. but I know what my body can do I know that it's hard but you can still do it I feel like this was this is kind of like one of those things that's mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, that was really hard, and I did it, and I taught my kids, and it was so cool. And Anyway, so that's that was a really long high five, but that was my <laughs> high five. It was so cool, and I experienced something really new, and I love the Wim Hof Method breathing, so yes. it was really cool to actually do it in a social set situation that was in an actual frozen pond. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, Wim Hof is awesome. If you guys are interested in learning more about him and his technique – his interview on Tim Ferriss's podcast, um, which is just called The Tim Ferriss Show, is really good. It kind of breaks down his whole, his theories of breathing and cold therapy and stuff. And wow, it's amazing. And he has a killer accent. It's so yes, fun to does. listen to him. I could like, <laughs> I could like hear him in my mind as we yeah. were breathing. Let it go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, he does. His accent is awesome. We'll link, we'll link his information in case you're interested. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my high five is a high five to the conversations that we can have on social media. This last weekend was the Super Bowl, and there was a lot of conversation <laughs> about the halftime show. And I was just so it was it was eye opening for me to see everyone's different opinions, but how you can. We can all have respectful, awesome conversations on both sides, whatever your opinions are, through social media. And I mean, we've never had a time like that in our lives where we have the opportunity to be so open-minded to other people's views. So I just have to give a high five to that. And any of you that I chatted with, I just loved it. It It was great. So fun. I was impressed with, I mean, obviously in comments of people, sometimes people really went down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. of being disrespectful, right. but... I was impressed with my friends that I felt like there was totally opposite sides of the spectrum mm-hmm. having conversations in mm-hmm. a really respectful way, which is so cool. Impressive. Yeah. Felicia said something that totally inspired me about this whole concept, and it was on her Instagram, but uh, where like one of the huge benefits of art is that it sparks con- conversations, mm-hmm. sometimes really controversial conversations. So. Mm-hmm. And that one did. It sparked it a really ton did. of conversation. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. yeah conversations, awesome. conversations are so awesome to have. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, today <laughs> we are going to, we decided to extend our conversation about boys to two episodes because, wow, we have like so much to talk about and uh, it's really two episodes worth. So just as a review from last time, we kind of came down to four pillars we talked about last time with raising boys that has to do with... The whole idea here is that we're channeling boys' natural strengths and weaknesses and helping them use them for good instead of simply suppressing the str- the things that can be strengths or weaknesses but that bother us and trying to force them into fit a specific mold. So uh, 
the pillars that we kind of narrowed it down to last time were connection, getting outside, you know, getting exercise, hopefully outside, mm-hmm. uh, sleep and nutrition. And I, guys, before I start into these next two items that we're going to be talking about, which is school and screen times, I just want to clarify something that, uh, I like, since I said it, since we recorded last week, it's been on my mind. I made the comment that oftentimes in my own life, when things are off with my kids, when one of my children are having a issue that I like, I don't know how to solve, that when I go back to these four things, I still haven't found any of the issues that haven't been solved with these four things. So for me, I always go back to connection first and almost always the connection is what fixes it. Mm-hmm. If I have a kid who's acting out, I look at our connection and I think, you know what, they're probably not getting enough connection and I mm-hmm. focus in on that literally like the one-on-one connecting with their souls time. Am I being present with them? <clears throat> and that almost, that oftentimes that negative behavior goes away uh, simply by seeing them and helping them feel connected and then the getting outside which is and any kind of exercise uh, getting good sleep oftentimes if I just move their bedtime up a little bit it's like oh they're going through a growth spurt they need some more sleep Mm -hmm. and also nutrition having to just not be junk food all the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those four things are like for me in my life it's always the place where I go to start when I have a problem Mm -hmm. I go back to those things just like in my own life when I'm feeling way off like wow something's wrong inside of me I start with my how am I doing on my miracle morning, which is my connection time to myself and to God, like filling up my soul. Mm-hmm. So my clarification here is that I am not naive enough to know. Mm-hmm. I, I know that these things aren't the solution to every problem because there's I know that within the sound of my voice, there's been problems in my own life, in my personal life that miracle morning has not solved. Mm-hmm. However, I do know that going through those really difficult things that weren't fixed by miracle morning I do know that doing that time made me get through those situations better. Mm -hmm. Just like with any kid, you might have something where you're like, this isn't going to solve the thing that they have. But if you focus on connection and help them get the right amount of exercise and you help them with their sleep and you're feeding them food that's going to nourish their bodies, Mm -hmm. it's going to still, those are always good places to start and you're going to be better off than you were not doing those things. Mm-hmm. So totally. again, my my disclaimer is I'm not claiming that it's going to solve everything ever, mm-hmm. but I'm saying almost every situation is better when you're doing those things. Mm-hmm. Totally. And anytime and things are off, ask yourself those questions and wow. Mm-hmm. In Checking my, with those things first. Yeah. Yeah. And in my own life, every time I've ever been way off, it's because I'm not doing my miracle morning and even though the outward situation, even like the most difficult outward situations of my life, that they didn't change because I went back to my miracle morning practice, something inside of me changed, mm-hmm. which is the most important mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. it doesn't change outward circumstances all the time, but totally. it always changes my internal circumstance. And all of those you have mostly besides maybe nutrition because who knows if they'll eat what you want them to eat, but you have a lot of control over all of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be the, you know, you're, there might be other problems that your kids have that you might need to seek help from outside sources, but those are all things within your control. And so I love that. Mm-hmm. It feels like you have a, mm-hmm. some control because sometimes the kids yeah. are like, I'm out of control. And there's really no <laughs> downside to connection, getting outside, it's good true. sleep and nutrition. Like, I don't think you'll talk to anybody who's like, Ooh, I don't Ooh. know. You fed them too many fruits and vegetables <laughs> and they got really good sleep. That's a problem. Yeah. You know, side effects. <laughs> 
Okay, guys, so today we are going to finish up with two more um, pillars specific to helping boys in their lives. And the first one is school. Um, This one I see as being so important because of the disconnect between how boys learn and how traditional schooling is ran. That doesn't mean that they can't thrive in traditional schooling, but I think it's just something to be aware of. So schools today are there. So today's kindergarten is equal to yesterday's first grade. We've all heard that, that schools are, their standards are getting higher. The testing is getting higher. The expectations for the kids is more. And it it really, if you think about it, is quite a disservice to boys who develop most of the time, again, generalizations here, most of the time boys are developing their gross motor skills first, girls are developing their fine motor skills, and their more want to achieve for other people first. And so for boys, they have all this pressure to sit still and focus and read and write and when in this age they really need some more hands-on full body activities and so I think the key here and what I tried to do with Cohen so Cohen is my oldest and he he actually has a late birthday so he's um a July birthday and so I wasn't sure you know the whole question I'm sure a lot of you have wrestled with do I send him to school now or do I wait another year but for me he was really ready to go to kindergarten but I just tried to take that pressure off myself and it was you know it was a challenge for my ego to not compare you know like test scores or does he know how to read already or different things like that and just see it as his different journey and support him in that and his teacher is amazing and really is supportive of all of her students so I I haven't felt that coming from the school but I'm sure it happens a lot with boys mm-hmm. and probably girls. But just that expectation put on them to perform at a higher level. And it doesn't mean that they're stupid or they don't get it. It's just they're going at a different pace. And to kind of let go of that, mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful. Which is a good rule of thumb really at any stage of school. <clears throat> when we start getting our ego into it, <laughs> yes. then things usually don't go well for our kids because they're feeling that that ego pressure from mm-hmm. us, which is different than the desire to learn and grow. Totally. And just, I need to get this perfect grade to please my parents. Totally. But, and that uh, stat, well, that piece of information that today's kindergarten equals yesterday's first grade is from a book called Boys Adrift by Leonard Sachs. And um, it's has a lot of cool information inside of it. And also, I just wanted to add there, for boys, when she was saying that boys' brains develop the gross motor skills, it's not even because that's how we're training them. It's literally, it's literally their, brain. their brain from the beginning. They, they like the brain stuff goes to their the brain juice, mm-hmm. uh, goes to their muscles and those gross uh, motor skill development. Mm-hmm. Whereas girls are their brains are focusing on things like communication mm-hmm. and auditory processing. Which in school, auditory processing is key because you're listening, you have to like, it has to go in through your ears and Mm -hmm. into your brain Mm -hmm. and then you have to bring it out onto paper. Mm -hmm. And so for some boys, or, and this again, this is a generalization because some girls have a hard time with auditory processing as well. But in general, that might be a little bit harder for boys because they are a little bit 
they're going to develop it. It's just a little bit behind yeah. Of, yeah. of what a girl would be. So if you, th- if you just know that going into it, you can kind of take your ego out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take a lot of pressure off of your boy and have it be more of a positive experience. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. our episode about education, it's called Making Education Awesome. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest tips, especially while your kids are young, that the goal here is to make learning and education awesome, like mm-hmm. a really positive, positive experience. And if they're feeling from you like you are not performing to my level here, mm-hmm. then there's nothing that's going to kill their desire to learn mm-hmm. than that feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And <clears throat> if you're noticing that, and I think this is most traditional schooling, that um, they're not having a ton of, you know, movement, sports, bit more kinetic activities, hands-on learning, just recognize that. It might be a lot of detox when they come home from school. They might be a little bit grouchy. They might be wanting to run more and try to, you know, give them those opportunities on your watch and have more competition, more jumping on the tramp, whatever it is, but so they can get that energy out because they've been working hard all day not to move. <laughs> yes. And you can even make it really fun. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to jump on the tramp in the morning before mm-hmm. you go to school. Yeah. And yeah. when you get home, we're going to play dodgeball mm-hmm. on the tramp. Like, mm-hmm. have it be like a fun mm-hmm. way. Yeah. But in your mind, you're like, I'm specifically helping you use <laughs> your body and get out some energy. Yeah. But to them, it's just like, we're just having so much fun. And yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's, and that's an excellent tip. Instead of blaming, I think the, the thing I love about what Felicia just said is we have so much opportunity as parents to if we don't feel like they're getting enough exercise at school Mm -hmm. we just have more activities at home Mm -hmm. we have a lot more power i think than Mm -hmm. we sometimes think yep and in in boys adrift leonard Sachs's author he talks about how something else that boys really strive on is competition and competitive atmospheres and that they really need those challenges but i've noticed this trend towards non- competition in sports in schools it's like we're not keeping score and everybody wins and I'm not saying that's not so kind but (laughs) I do think it is when you when you research how boys work they like really I mean I see it in my boys and they're not any of none of them are really hyper competitive but it's like race you to get in the car and that's the best thing they've ever heard you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you can be aware of that, they're probably not getting that as much in school or maybe even in sports when they're younger. But to introduce that competition to them in a healthy way, I think is – I've seen it in my voice. They mm-hmm. really, really enjoy yeah. it. And you can learn a lot from that feeling of competition because we all have different levels of competitiveness. Yeah. Like as Felicia's talking, Felicia is awesomely competitive. <laughs> And so probably the racing really, like, does something for you, too, (laughs) right? Yeah. But the cool thing about it is, like, Felicia's learned that I can be competitive and enjoy that feeling Mm -hmm. without being – but also, at the same time, being not – you know, like, when you do lose – I've never seen Felicia, like, throw a tantrum. You know what I mean? So the cool (laughs) thing about (laughs) – In letting your kids feel that, if they have a really competitive nature, let them feel it. You can feel it as a boy or a girl. Mm -hmm. And let yourself feel it and then – but so when you don't win though, what do we do yeah. then? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. learning that at a young age is I think super great because yeah. you can use it as a strength, but not let it go into a strength 
in excess. Totally. And become like a, I'm not going to talk to people for five days yes. if I lose a race, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I yes. love it because you're teaching them at a really young age. Like, it's fine. It's really fun to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can still do it with grace, you know? Totally. So totally. I think that's such a good tip. I have a friend with a really a high energy, super competitive, let's see, he's in first grade. So he's like, you know, six. And when she put him in basketball, it like really, she's like, I noticed a huge difference in his just everyday life because he had a really healthy outlet mm-hmm. for that feeling of competitiveness that he felt. Mm-hmm. And dare I say, aggression. Like I know yeah. that word is like yeah. a really negative word, mm-hmm. but when you're feeling a lot of aggression inside of you, it's good to have a healthy outlet mm-hmm. for that. Instead of just saying, oh, it's aggression. I got to like smother it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're feeling aggressive right now. Let's go punch a pillow or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. There are really healthy outlets or sprint. When I'm really mad, like sprinting <laughs> is a yeah. great outlet. So we can teach our kids that it's okay to feel those things. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong. I don't want my sons to think because you are having a feeling of aggression means that you're bad. Mm-hmm. It means you're feeling it. How can we get out that's in a healthy out, way? Outlet. You know? Yep. So I think that's really, well, that's like a key to parenting in general. Mm-hmm. But especially when we're talking about these strengths the boys have, they mm-hmm. can turn into weaknesses if they go too far. Mm-hmm. Totally. Just helping them have a healthy outlet for all of them. Yeah. So. And in fact, we, in our family, when we do our affirmations, we say one of them is, and we use our strength for good. Because I want, I want my boys to know that I value their strength. And it helps me in a lot of ways, even though they're little, you know, they carry in groceries for me. And as they grow, I'm sure their strength, I don't want them to not want to be strong because they're afraid they're gonna hurt someone. I want them to know that they can use it in a productive way and in a healthy way. And it's such like a fine, it's a fine balance Mm -hmm. that I think we have to find, Mm -hmm. especially as moms where when we're most women when we're feeling like really angry it doesn't i mean sometimes mine has gone to aggression i do feel that like i just want to punch a wall or something Mm -hmm. but it's way i think it's way more in boys so to recognize it and not and not be mad at them for having that but to teach them to to use it in a healthy way Mm -hmm. i think is really important I think that's super important. And I love that that I the I you always use your strength for good. I so I'm just gonna share what we do with at my family. We when I give them their affirmations at night, I sing this little song that I made up when my first was a baby that I still sing to them. And it's just all these affirmations of everything, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, the phrase that I say to them is and you always use your power for good mm-hmm. because I, and I love that actually, mm-hmm. I actually don't even know. I love both the word strength and power mm-hmm. because I think, I mean, we have physical strength that we can use for good and mm-hmm. we have mental strength. We have spiritual strength that we can use for good. Mm-hmm. We can use our influence for good. And I want my kids to know that they are powerful. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to be yeah. powerful Yeah. and just use that power for good. And mm-hmm. I think if you have that kind of focus, it's difficult to get into a place of ego wanting power for just the sake of power. Totally. Because we don't want to drink that Kool-Aid, but mm-hmm. I think owning your own power and then doing what you can with it to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I love, 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 I love, love that. that. Yeah, that's great. Okay. We're going to take a break and we'll come back with some tips on screen time. All right. And our final tip for boys is going to be around screen time. And I know we've talked about this a lot in previous episodes. We have 
an episode on screen time use for yourself, for adults, and and an episode for kids, right? They're separate? Mm, yeah, we have um, to. <clears throat> so if you're looking for general screen time tips, those are good places as well. We're going to talk specifically why it's important to limit screen time for boys today. Um, so boys tend to be more visual in in nature they they're more attracted to visual things than auditory like we were talking about before so they become more easily addicted to screens i think this is anyone also any child and any adult screens are very addicting um none of us are immune that's for yeah. sure <laughs> yes exactly and um they a lot of the time so in calmer easier happier boys the author talks about how a lot of the times the screens that the games and shows that boys are drawn to are because they're aggressive and competitive as well so like superheroes fighting or like you know racing games or shooting games or any of these things really touches on not only the visual aspect for boys but also the aggressive, competitive, especially the video games, um, that their brains are really craving. So that they can get through real life. Real life, yes, yes. One interesting thing I've read before, and I know this is a little controversial, but and just to be clear, I'm not saying don't have your kids ever play games because I'm not saying that. (laughs) But that there actually is, specifically in boys, there's this uh, desire to be a hero Mm-hmm. And it's a good, that's a strength, right? Mm-hmm. That you want to be a hero and protect. That's where like the instinct to protect and defend and all those good things come from. But the one thing that playing an excessive amount of video games does is it actually feeds into that part of the brain and makes it feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Like I am a hero. Mm-hmm. I can create my own worlds mm-hmm. and, you know, demolish whole armies <laughs> by the click of my finger. Mm-hmm. But the hard thing is because it's not real, so now that desire to do good and defend is satiated, but it's nothing in real life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then it creates a lot of frustration in boys because they go into real life and they're not actually mm-hmm. full-blown heroes. Yeah. And you can either feel powerless or a negative situation would be you actually choose not to achieve. Right. Because that, that part of your brain's already been satiated. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that applies to every situation and... I don't think playing video games every once in a while is a problem, but Mm -hmm. I have read that 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 can happen. If you're Mm -hmm. playing like tons and tons of video games, Mm -hmm. that you're taking a strength that your boy might have naturally and satiating it, but not in a good way because it's not real life. Yeah, and a lot of the times they, boys slash kids, really anyone probably getting super into video games, they become more aggressive and anxious and um, less respectful of authority. These are all things that can go with video games because of the nature of the actions you're performing in the video games. Um, But the one that really stuck out to me that I was like, oh my gosh, I really don't want that, is that kids become more imitative when they watch shows or play video games it's that they're getting all their ideas, their creative ideas from the games and the shows instead of using the creativity that naturally comes in their brains. And that was just a big red flag for me to see that it's like, I like it made me picture like TV just sucking their little creative juices <laughs> out. So that's, those are just some 
some stats of things that can affect your child's brain with screen time. And again, you guys know Terlin and I are advocates of limiting screen time. And what that means to your family is going to be different for everybody. But I think the key here is decide what your family rules are about screens and then set them, make sure your kids know, and hold them. Um, So in Calmer, Easier, Happier Boys, the author talks about how if, if we set these boundaries and then when kids are whining, nagging, begging for screens and then it works, they get to use screens even some of the time. Even if that only happens some of the time. You hold it sometimes, sometimes you don't. It activates the addiction center in their brain um, and it creates this thing that they're craving as an addiction and I mean, screens are already addictive, so let's not make it doubly addictive. Mm -hmm. But the solution, and Terrilyn and I talked a lot about this. In the book, she gives, she suggests using a screen, screen time as an earned reward. And that might work really great for some people. So if that works really good for your family, um, go for it. Terrilyn and I talked about it. And for us, so for our family, we do, we have one day a week that... Um, my boys can choose a show to watch in the afternoon. And when I was listening to the book and thinking of screen time as an earned reward, because what it does when it is, you know, comes after finishing different achievements. So say it's you went to school today and then you do your tidy up. And if you do your tidy, you can earn the reward of screen time. It activates their prefrontal cortex, which is where our rational thought is formed. Um, So it turns it into more of a treat than Mm -hmm. a thing that they have to beg for and like a negative association, Mm -hmm. which is all great. But for me, when I thought about it as a reward, so an if-then or if-when thing, um, it just made me think, well, then it's going to turn it into a thing that they won't get ready for school, tidy up, brush their teeth every day unless they have this earned reward of screen time. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't loving that feeling. I think you and I in our lives right now, this stage, we're just not having enough screen time to Mm -hmm. use it as a reward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I was thinking as I was listening to her thing that if you have, say, for example, like a teenager who's like right now, I mean, you know, it's a problem. Yeah. That could work really well because you might be like, I know I'm not going to cut it out every day. Right. I mean, I'm still going to give him a little every day. Then it could be a great thing. You have mm-hmm. a whole list of homework to my standards, your bed made, mm-hmm. your tidy for the day done, mm-hmm. and the dishwasher emptied or whatever it is, you know, 30 minutes of playing outside, whatever you make yep. is your thing. That might be a huge motivation for your son if they're already really entrenched and you know you're going to keep it as an every everyday thing. Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I yeah, I think for both of us right now, because it's not an everyday thing, it doesn't yeah. really work as well for us. But that was totally mind-blowing to me. To find out that relink, like giving into the begging, does actually activate the addict part of their uh-huh. mind, and having them ever hide it, like if they've ever had to like hide technology mm-hmm. from you, that's also the addiction part of your brain. And we all obviously want to avoid addictions of all kinds. Yes, <laughs> you know, like, do our best to avoid that. Yes. yes, So that was fascinating to me that psychology portion of it, and. Just so you guys know, for me, I always like to hear what other people do with their screen time. So Felicia just shared what their limit right now is with screen time. Mine has actually changed since our last screen time uh, episode, which I had had that rule for years. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but now it's changed just because our schedules have changed. We're kind of moving into a different phase of life where we watch a movie as a family once a week while we fold clothes. Mm -hmm. And that's fun. And then um, there's two times a week where uh, they can watch because it's during like a specific specific thing where me and the girls are doing one thing at a class and so the boys get to watch they can either play this game that they love that's like a maze or watch a movie in Spanish so that's just those two times a week and I love it because now when my son asks hey can I play that game I can say is it Wednesday at four (laughs) o'clock yeah it's not yes and then sometimes he cries Mm -hmm. and I can say oh I can see you're really sad about that I totally get it Mm -hmm. and on Wednesday at four o'clock you get it. Mm-hmm. But I just love it because now that it's like a specific, like with any limit, it's a very specific yeah. thing. They know. So they know when you answer, you're going to stick to your thing. And then mm-hmm. you allow any emotion that needs to come out. And it's fine. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. ruffle you mm-hmm. because you know, they know. And they're not going to get it from begging. You know yep. what I mean? So I think knowing that little piece of psychology makes me be like, I am never going to give into begging totally. for screen time totally. ever. I'm going to set my limit. And we're just going to stay to that limit mm-hmm. and whatever it is. And we've talked about this before, but... If you're listening to this and you're thinking, ooh, yep, you know, I'm feeling it. I'm going to make a change in my screen time for my kids. Just be okay with, there's going to be a little detox time. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some crying. You're going to have some times where you're like, I just need to turn I on a movie <laughs> because I'm so sick of these children mm-hmm. whining at me. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel it. And same thing, guess what? You do the same thing with your own emotion. You think, yes, I feel like I'm going crazy right now. Mm-hmm. And I really, I'm feeling very frustrated and I wish I could just turn on a movie but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Once you do it for a little while, you don't even miss it. I can't even... It's so true. I can't even describe... I wish I could just like plug it into... If you're feeling like I'm a little scared right now, mm-hmm. once it's been gone for a while, it does. you don't even notice it. They figure out ways to entertain themselves building Legos. Better, their yeah. attention span grows. Their ability to independently play grows. All those things. But it takes a little bit of detox time. So yeah. just totally. be gentle with yourself. Maybe get a little bit more sleep, eat a little bit better food, have some good connection time, and make sure you're getting outside during the detox time. Yes, and I can say, because when I first started really diving into screen time with, you know, thinking about what I wanted to do in our family, I w- Cohen was watching more in that time period. So I did, I went through a little detox with him and... I can say it. it is, you know, it's hard. He was young, so it wasn't like, wow, what it will probably be for older kids. It wasn't like crazy hard. But um, it was definitely a lot of recognizing emotions. But like with any boundary, once you hold it and they know you're serious, you're going to have to recognize those emotions sometimes when they're sad. But it makes it so much, I feel like it makes it so much easier because they know you're going to follow through. I feel like it makes the begging crying freaking out time less because they they've come to trust that in you that you're gonna hold it Mm -hmm. hold that boundary um and something I didn't want to say this because you're gonna be like don't even say that (laughs) (laughs) honestly now that we've gotten to this point where I feel like we're at a place of screen time that I feel really good about with our family my boys rarely ask and sometimes they even forget like they'll go a couple weeks without even asking for shows and stuff because their brains have adapted and now they're so much more creative and they're thinking of things sometimes I'm like 
you know, because their energy, again, it's very gross motor skills. I'm like, do you want to watch a show? <laughs> Can you stop moving, stop creating things? But they're, they're not asking for it. So mm-hmm. I think it's such, it's so good for their brains. Like I've seen their creativity mm-hmm. skyrocket. And it's directly tied with things like motivation, mm-hmm. ability to follow through, mm-hmm. and delayed gratification, and uh, what's that? What's the word I'm looking for? Attention span? Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Even just car rides, I've noticed. I mean, we listen to books. Yeah. But, and I've admitted this to you guys before, but with my first, when she was little, I would let her watch movies in the car. Mm-hmm. And when I took it away, because I had read some stuff about screen time, I was so worried that our car rides were going to be miserable. Yeah. And now my kids would never even dream of asking for... No. Yeah. We don't even miss it. There's so mm-hmm. much... There's so many better things. Yeah. And something that she just said about gross motor skills, and sometimes you do just want, like, you're, okay, <laughs> I want you to be, we had one of our listeners call it, uh, like, a in front of a screen zombie. Yeah. That, that uh, in, in the book, Happier, Easier, what is it? Calmer, Easier, Happier Boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> but in that book, she says that boys who are especially maybe high energy or extra intense are extra susceptible to screen time mm-hmm. and all kids can become zombies when you stick them in front of a screen totally. but they're also way more sensitive and might be more difficult after mm-hmm. i actually have a friend who used to work with uh autistic well kids on the autism spectrum as her full-time job in school so like they would actually be bused into this school and so she was a specialist Mm -hmm. and she said that she actually found with those kids they were like 10 times more sensitive in so this is anecdotal this is not i'm not saying this research based here but she's like i could literally tell when we put them in front of the screen it was a relief for a little bit but then she's like we actually paid the price every time she's like i noticed for at least an hour after there was a uh, increase in like aggression and all those kinds of things mm-hmm. that would go up. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, you might you might be thinking, well, my child is extra difficult, mm-hmm. so therefore they need more screens. And what I'm suggesting is, perhaps actually it's the opposite mm-hmm. that the more difficult the temperament of our child, the less they need screens. And I've noticed that with my kids, the irritability definitely goes up after. I mean, if you think of situations where they have more screens on trips on drives or just you know maybe just had a new baby or somebody's sick and there's more screens I definitely noticed that they're way more irritable and they're way less creative in their independent play and this is this is totally a personal thing for me so I'm just putting it out there in case anybody else feels this um but I know that sometimes there is like the trap of, oh, but they're watching this show and they're learning manners. They're learning their ABCs. They're learning blah, blah, blah. There's so many, quote, learning shows, which are all teaching good things. Mm-hmm. Which if you're going to be watching something, great, great, great to watch. Yeah. yeah. But I think sometimes we can get, for me, it was this trap of, but if they're, if they're not, and then they're just free playing, are they learning anything? Is that, should, should I be having them watch this show where they're, learning their letters instead because then they're learning that whole the just that trigger word for parents of learning I think is huge but the more research I've done about independent free play and how you might not see it in your kid coming up to you and saying a says ah but what they're learning in that free play time where they're being creative is so much more and they're gonna learn all that in school just like take that pressure off yourself I really 
-hmm. I really believe in that wholeheartedly that they learn more through that free play. Mm -hmm. Not facts, just Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. (laughs) The building blocks inside of their Mm -hmm. brain, Mm -hmm. preparing them for academic learning. Mm -hmm. And also, we are also huge proponents of reading to our children. So if you're reading to them, even if you're not even saying A says ah, Mm -hmm. that exposure to books and to letters as you read is going to do way more than any tv show can ever do Mm -hmm. i want to put in something that i think is really important as we're talking about screen time and that is i think it's really easy anytime we hear all these statistics to get a little bit feeling like if you're feeling in your heart right now like a little pinch like Mm -hmm. i'm Mm -hmm. like scared Mm -hmm. i don't want it to be like a feeling i don't want you to leave listening to us being afraid (laughs) and i think kids can pick up on anytime we make something so this is just something to be aware of as you present this to your children, whatever your screen time limits are going to be. I think it's very important not to villainize something, even though when you start reading the research, you're like, whew, this is a villain yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But to not villainize it and not make it into this taboo thing that they do feel like they have to hide. Uh, you simply set limits that makes them, it's simply inaccessible for them, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't have the opportunity to hide it. Mm-hmm. But like the way I present it to my children, I don't give them... At the age they're at right now, I mean, maybe if they were a little older, you could give them some of this research. So you, you can just make this call. But I don't tell them screens are terrible, technology's bad, because I think there are a lot of benefits. I think there's enjoyment to be had from screens. Like, I do love watching a movie with my kids. Mm-hmm. And there's things you can learn from technology. I mean, so it isn't that screens and technology are inherently bad. It's simply, the way I frame it to my kids is... It is easier for our brains to watch something on the screen. So that's why we just limit it, right? So we set specific boundaries around it. And then when we're when we're mm-hmm. enjoying our screen time, we can fully enjoy it. Like you don't have to feel guilty about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's very enjoyable. So that, we're just setting limits around it because we want to be able to really enjoy it and not let it. It's something that can maybe easily take over, right? Mm-hmm. But then the way I phrase it to my kids is, and we have so much more of life to live mm-hmm. than what's in front of a screen doesn't mean the screen is bad it means that there's mountains to climb and people to talk to and giant lego castles to build and rough play and parks and making snow angels outside i mean it's freezing right now and we have like two feet of snow like there's a whole life to live mm-hmm. that is not in front of a screen mm-hmm. and screen time what happens in front of a screen isn't real life mm-hmm. right it simulates real life and it's entertaining but I don't want to live my life and at the end be like, yeah, I lived all these stories, but they weren't even my story. They were just Mm -hmm. in front of a screen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think it's just like anything. So anyway, what I'm saying is I think if we can take away the taboo of it and like villainizing it, it'll also make it so that they can enjoy it when you do give them screen time, but that life is so awesome. I want my kids to feel this like hunger for actual life, Mm -hmm. real life with real real people Mm -hmm real Mm -hmm. tactical things you can actually hold in your hand and wonder Mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things you can find when you're living like actual life out Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. and you're more grounded and all those things so I think if you can for me that's been a huge 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 and that's with anything actually that's Mm -hmm. even with like sweets I don't I feel really strongly about like not villainizing sweets Mm -hmm. but I also don't give my kids cookies 10 times a day. But when we have our cookie, we really enjoy it. But it's just there's so many these other foods that are just so great. You know, you can't enjoy the taste of a grapefruit if you ate a cookie right before the grapefruit, right? Mm -hmm. It's that this positive of I want you to enjoy all the tastes Mm -hmm. because there's so much out there, guys. Mm -hmm. Like life has so many 
things for us to enjoy and mm-hmm. we can't do it if we're just doing if we're only in the food example if we only eat oreos it kind of takes away the joy of the oreos totally. and we're missing out on other stuff and if we're just doing screens then we're not really living the rest of our mm-hmm. life but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy those things when you choose to eat when you choose to enjoy them totally yeah. and in fact i think that um and just to be clear, I love Oreos. I just want to like be really clear about that. When I eat my Oreos, Oreos I yes. really enjoy the Oreos. Mm-hmm. And I think that framing it that way works with a ton of things with parenting. One of the areas that I love to use that something, but there's something better kind of mindset in is also, <clears throat> this has nothing to do with this episode, but I had to put it in here while we're talking about it, um, is with either quote potty words or you know like stupid or anything like that I I feel like all kids kind of go through a little like potty word stage or maybe they hear it from someone and I feel like the best nullifier (laughs) is that the right word for that for me was if my kids would use you know I'm not making a big deal like oh my gosh you can't say poo poo fart butt or stupid like (laughs) not like no that's a bad word I would just say Hmm, that like I think your your brain's a little smart. You can think of a better word than that stupid ball. Why is that ball stupid to you? It's making you mad because it's flat and so you can't kick it right. Like this flat ball is making me mad so I can't kick it is you're way smarter than if you say stupid. Do you know like mm. what's the better the better thing? I think that works with yeah, enjoying like oh sounds like you wanna watch a show and that sounds fun but what can we think of that's even more fun mm-hmm. you know like just yes. what's a little bit better I feel like that works that. in a lot of pretty situations for me <laughs> yes so you're in, you're not actually making it into something bad, bad. you're just yeah. offering another better, better. yeah solution mm-hmm. oh I really like that yes my kids are going they my boys had a little we talked we talked extensively <laughs> about this because our boys are always together they were saying potty words a lot and we did yeah very specific like not villainizing it but just redirecting mm-hmm. and then I actually just turned into just ignoring because it yeah. wasn't and now it's gone which is great but it's now all face. <laughs> my three-year-old has just started this week started saying stupid uh-huh. like he'll call people stupid he's mad and he'll be yeah. like you're just so stupid mm-hmm. and I'll get back with you guys on this if this is working <laughs> if this is going to work or not but um right now what I'm saying to him is uh that's not truth mm-hmm. because your sister's not stupid mm-hmm. right but wow, I can see that you are very frustrated at her mm-hmm. right now. So it's not actually like, you're bad, don't mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. I'm not like shaming him for mm-hmm. it. It's just, oh, that's not truth. Wow, you're really frustrated with her. Mm-hmm. Did, she t- did she knock over your Lego thing? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to help him identify instead of calling somebody names. And again, he's three. So <laughs> with, my, with my eight-year-old, I probably would have, if she was doing that, I'd probably have more conversation mm-hmm. about how words we say, you know, can hurt people and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But at his age, I simply literally just say, that's not truth. Because I actually always say that with my five-year-old. Anytime somebody says something that hurts his feelings, I ask him, is it truth? Mm-hmm. And 90% of the time he says no. Mm-hmm. And there's a few times, sometimes people say things that hurt my feelings that actually are true. And then I take it as feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, perhaps I am being mean in this mm-hmm. situation. <laughs> what can I, you know, let me take it as feedback. And then you get to choose with that information. Though, if it's not true, you can either let it in or you can let it bounce off, right? So that's the thing we say. I say over and over and over to my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Is it true mm-hmm. what he said? Oh, it's not. Okay. So would you like to bring it in or would you like it to bounce off? And he's like, bounce off. And he'll like do like little ninja moves and he just goes <laughs> off and plays. But with my three-year-old who's actually saying the things, that 
anyway, I'll follow up with you guys, see if that's working yes. as an alternative to, to stupid. Yes. But I'm actually, maybe I should try the, what's a better word you could use? And for him, it would probably be like, I'm mad. That's yeah. probably the yeah. word he's yeah. looking for is, mm-hmm. I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, okay, I love that. This actually leads right into what we want <laughs> to finish <does>. with. <laughs> and that is... Oh, we talked about it in our last episode a little bit, the idea of validating emotions. And I know it's one of our literally core principles that we talk about all the time, but I think it needs to be said about boys that even with all of the strides we've made with uh, talking about emotions in general and girls and women's issues and all those kinds of things, there is still this weird stigma with men not that it's like not manly to be able to express your own emotions Mm -hmm. that crying is somehow like not cool for boys Mm -hmm. but it's fine for girls Mm -hmm. or for a man to say i'm feeling this way somehow isn't manly and i think we have a really awesome opportunity as parents to just stop that (laughs) stop it because Mm -hmm. our kids at very and i've read so oh so many things Boys at a very young age, if they internalize the idea that I can't be a man and show emotion, then they turn into men who simply suppress their emotions. And as we know, feelings buried alive never die. And it's not healthy. So I I guess our thing is here, recognize that... And in fact, oh, I've actually read stuff where mothers, they've actually done studies where mothers with baby girls allow crying with more uh, kindness, empathy, Mm. than their boys. Because even as babies, we somehow think that, like, you're showing too much emotion. (laughs) So my, I guess my thing is here, be open to the idea that maybe take a look at yourself. Moms and dads, we have a lot of awesome dads that listen to this. Mm -hmm. Think inside yourself. Are you okay with boys expressing their feelings? Mm -hmm. Because if you're not... You're not going to be able to actually teach that to your boy, that it's okay for him to feel frustrated, mad, mm-hmm. sad, hurt, all those things, and that you're you're not going to be a safe place for them to express it. And if you're not a safe place, nowhere mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's definitely not going to be with their friends. Yeah. And a lot of times with boys, if they don't have that safe place, it comes out as aggression, misbehavior, yes. those sort of things, because they... It is harder for them to yeah. express. They don't have the words. And we know mm-hmm. from emotional, how you teach emotional intelligence is by giving your children the words. Besides, we mostly just know sad, mad, happy. Mm-hmm. But if you can teach them more words, frustrated, I'm feeling impatient. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling really irritated Annoyed. right now. Mm-hmm. Though teaching them, and by teaching them, I'm not saying you have flashcards. You're like, what does irritated mean? <laughs> I'm saying you start reflective listening to them and saying, oh, wow, you're feeling really irritated right now. Or wait, even with yourself, I'm feeling like you, they can see you, say you're a dad, you're fixing something and you're getting really frustrated and you want to hit the thing with the hammer and you might hit the thing with the hammer <laughs> and you can say to your son, I am feeling really frustrated right now mm-hmm. or I'm feeling really impatient because I can't, the screw isn't going in like I want it to. Mm-hmm. Them watching you express naming specifically the feeling that you're feeling is going to be so powerful for you. And in the book, Calmer, Easier, Happier Boys, she says over and over and over that oftentimes boys, we, they have a genetic component in them that makes them want to mimic men. Same thing with girls. They want to mimic women. And so I think the, important, the most important part to start is with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a dad, look at your own self. Do you mm-hmm. feel like men can express emotions? Are you comfortable 
saying what you're feeling. And if you're not, start with that. Mm -hmm. And again, how that looks is saying what feelings you're feeling out loud so your son can hear them. Mm -hmm. And when your son expresses emotion, because kids express it way more than we adults do, we can Mm -hmm. can tamp it down pretty... (laughs) When I say easily, it still affects us. But we can control ourselves a lot better than kids can. But when you see them losing it... Instead of freaking out and yanking at their arm and yelling at them, mm-hmm. you can say things. You can actually name, guess what the emotion that they're feeling is and say, is that right? Mm-hmm. Is it anger that you're feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Is it frustration that your little brother just knocked over your blocks? Mm-hmm. And they can say, no, I'm actually feeling this. But that's how you get it help give your children emotional intelligence. And totally. boys need it just as much as girls do. Mm-hmm. So let's just, everybody, within the sound of my voice, (laughs) all of us, like start the movement of boys can feel feelings too. Mm -hmm. And they're going to grow into be husbands and fathers that, I mean, you can, that's the cool thing about it. You can stop any pattern with you. Mm -hmm. So if your dad showed no emotion and your mom didn't either, or they suppressed any emotion you ever felt, Mm -hmm. guess what? You have the power to change it right now with your own kids Mm -hmm. and that will pass on for generations. So you have the power, use it for good. You do. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us on our episode part two about boys. We had so many good episode suggestions when we requested for them. And we have an awesome lineup coming up. If any of you have more suggestions, things you want us to research or talk about, leave us a review. It helps us. And we see them all. And we love them. And we cry. And we love them so much. (laughs) They're so sweet. All right, guys. Let's find the magic. (coughs) Brown cows. <laughs> <laughs>